That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome new listeners to the Todd Glass Show. Before we get going, here's some stuff you should know. To tell if it's a bit or the truth from Todd If he says potato salad or swear to God Those expressions are comedic, little darling If Todd means the truth, he always says to George Carlin And on the topic of bits, let's erase any doubt Todd's almost always joking when he says, edit it out The intro goes long, cause Todd's so big hearted Other podcasts end before him on a phone but don't worry the audio of the show is at a higher quality you know the podcasters association voted the time last show with number one so well 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 there's not a lot to say uh i'm Doing today's show all by myself, all by myself. There's no one in there but me. So I'm still finding my way. I truly am. You will, just like if you listen to the first podcast that I ever did, and that's when I had, a, you know, like five, six people in there all the time, those grew and got, I think, better. I got more comfortable. And that's what's happening with me when by myself. Uh, I, I was just finding my way, but I'm enjoying every second of it. So enjoy today's show. Before I throw to it, I want to say something that is a little bit heavy, but I think very, very important. I know that there are some people that already deal with depression. And with what's going on right now, it just makes it even that much harder. So I am begging and pleading with you if you feel you're maybe in a, a deep funk or you're dealing with major depression... Please understand that if you were gone, there'd be so many people that would fucking miss you. I know you know there's people that love you. Maybe you don't. 
Maybe you're thinking, I know there's people that love me, but this is beyond that. And you're feeling just thick, as thick as it can fucking get. And you're thinking about taking your own life. I'm, trust me, you have no idea how many people would miss you while you were gone. And also, there, there is an answer to this. Please, in one fleeting moment, don't do something stupid that you can never take back. I'm begging you, please, if you're feeling that way, I was hesitant to even say this because I thought maybe I don't understand, I understand when someone's going through that, that this message to me might not help. I thought, is it, is it worth it? And obviously, I think the answer is absolutely. I'm doing the best I can right now from me to you. Maybe you're not feeling it today, but maybe it'll be a week from now and you'll remember these words. Here is the 800 suicide prevention number. It is 800-273-8255. 800-273-8255. Please reach out to somebody. If you're afraid to call that number, reach out to someone you love. Don't keep it bottled up. Reach out to someone you've never reached out to before. Maybe you feel you've reached out to other people and you can't reach out to them again. Reach out to someone completely different or reach out to the same person you always reach out to. But I'm begging you fucking please reach out to somebody before you make a decision that you can never, you know, you can never do it again, never get a second chance and people would really miss you. I would miss you and I don't even know you personally. All right, I hope I did this justice. I'm paranoid that I didn't, but on that heavy note. There you go. I didn't want to end with something too serious. <laughs> Take a deep breath, and here's today's show. It's a solo Todd Glass show. The only guest is the host. And Todd is the host. Yeah. I'm ready. Oh, we started already. It's, it's easier, isn't it? Um, yeah. I mean, well, I did say, but see, I love it this way. I love to start this way. I did say, no. if you want to mess around a little up front, just let me know. Yeah. Do something. Wow. People are listening. They're figuring it out. One guy said he's got every letter that he's heard you say, and he's creating sentences to, to call your friends back home. <laughs> because they hear you. They pick it up. People are very intuitive. They listen. They pay close attention, people. Hey, Todd. Is his name... By any chance, and I know it's weird, Albuquerque. Jesus Christ. No, is no, first of all, why, why am I upset? No, his name is not Albuquerque. But I like that name. You never know how a show is going to begin. This one's beginning like this. But names, funny things. <laughs> but I, I, I wanted names. I wanted different names. I used to see, like, I want to be that. I forget one name that I wanted to be. Like, I thought I wanted to be that my name, you know. It was something like Connor, you know, or Harrison's a cool name. I had a friend, Harrison. I, w I wouldn't mind the name Harrison. Todd's good, too. I'm fine with Todd. 
you know, can I tell you something? I don't care so much anymore. Now, after this pandemic, it's brought out a new me. What are you doing? Oh, thank you very much. Appreciate it. But, uh, but I like my name. Some people change their name. I'm okay with that, too. Frankenstein? No, his name is not Frankenstein. I was talking to you. So, thank you. Can you push that chair in? Wow. I know how, I know how to start a show. I'm by myself now. Well, I'm not really by myself. He, he goes to the other part, which there's a wall, walks. And I hear him opening. The bar. It's like a sliding big wooden door. Okay, now I'm by myself. <clears throat> oh, my God. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> what do you want to hear? What do you want to hear to start the show? I have so much on my mind. Uh, but, you know, you got to start silly. Everybody! <laughs> I love it! By the way, by the way, two, uh, last week, oh, I'm going to get two things out of the way, and, I'm gonna re and then I'm going to finish this song. I haven't even started yet. Um, but last week I noticed I kept saying, oh, if you're wearing pants. I meant, most people probably figured it out. But uh, I said it to someone. They're like, you're, uh, during like a radio interview, I said, yeah, I haven't worn pants in like two months. The guy's like, you're wearing pants? Because he saw me walk into the room on Zoom. And I'm like, no, no. I'm like, oh, my God, everyone on my podcast thought I'm walking around with no pants. I said, when I go back to performing, I shouldn't wear, I, if you're wearing pants, you're full of shit. Unless you're like, I meant. Long pants. I've worn mostly sh shorts, sweat, mostly gym shorts, but then uh, short, you know, just like regular shorts. You get at the whatever you go get your shorts. The Gap, J. Crew. I don't know. These I got at the the Gap. They're like running shorts, but they're good running shorts. Not all the way to the knee because that's too much, but not short either. Just perfect. They're good running shorts. Even when I'm walking around the house, sometimes I just sometimes I even I need to feel good when it's just me. There's no doubt what I'm not going to put on jeans and a pair of shoes that no. But even if I'm going to be wearing shorts, sometimes like even before I start the podcast, I go put on a, a brand. Like I have my T-shirts that I would wear on stage. They're usually very new. They're maybe six months old. And then because uh, they're just if I'm wearing a T-shirt on stage, I just want it to look clean and crisp and new, not like I'm wearing. For me, who gives a shit? So I, so I did that before I came into the podcast. I threw on a new clean shirt, and then I got my cool running shorts on and uh, took a shower. But I'm wearing flip-flops, so I'm still comfortable, but um, barbecue nice, as I heard somebody once say it. Uh, so there's that with the pants, okay? 
and uh, and then and then I got I do have and then was there anything else? Uh, no, but I got a lot to I got a lot to get to. My my footages. This is a new thing, just out of nowhere. My footages. By the way, if your foot itches, and you put uh, it does help if you have isopropyl alcohol. I had witch hazel. Even and there was must be enough alcohol in there. It's not in my head. I put cortisone on last night. I got one little bite, and I started scratching it. Then I'm like, shit. Then I put a little cortisone, but that really didn't do anything. The alcohol, like if it's a weird sting or something, a lot of times just isopropyl alcohol. I bet vodka would work. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. I do know what I'm talking about. I do know what I'm talking about. Okay, so uh, this song, I, I'm I'm gonna mess up their name. But it's M-E-B-H-I-S-K-A-P-H-E-L-E-S. The Bumblebee Tuna song. Ska for kids. Oh, no, that's something underneath it. That's something underneath it. I love happy music. I'm about ready to put together a silly dance party that's like, good fucking silly dance. Like, the way I see it going is... If I have everybody for like an hour and a half, I'll, I'll Skype it or something. But if I was doing it live, like, I don't know why I haven't done it at a comedy club after a show. You hire a DJ, you give him a list. I have a drummer, like I always talk about. And after a show, out at the bar, yeah, it's silly dance night. Go, it means just go do it. If you want to dance, you dance. If you don't, but it's silly music. A lot of people will be dancing. And have a silly dance party. They'll, you know what I mean? But I'll do it on, uh, you know, Zoom or something now. But I look at it like I want to create Danny Robbins. I might be calling on you. Mine might involve some video, but let's forget about that for now. And then I'm going to finish this song, the Bumblebee Tuna song. Uh, I would have, like, pre-put together, like, three songs, maybe four. But they're, they're, they're the silliest of the, of the Silly Dance songs. Some songs I'll play on a Silly Dance night. Like, the way a Silly Dance night usually goes at my house is, I'll have music playing all night long. But then every so often, we, I, some, somebody will even say, or I'll say, hey, I'm in the mood to Silly Dance. And then we put one on, it's great, and then we go to get another one, you have to find it. So even if it's in a lineup on, like, let's say now, you know what I mean? So it slows it down. But usually we'll do, like, you could go three or four in a row once you're going. And those have to be a different type of a song. They have to be, like sometimes someone will play me a song. I'll be like, yeah, put it on the list for the night of Silly Dancing because that's a silly song, a silly-ish. And, you know, uh, but then when I have, when I'm ready to get everybody up and we'll go, there's just a song. And this song probably falls. You don't have to be able to dance. You have to be able to just... It's got to have a lot of beats per minute, and you, you could do anything you want. You could dance. You could march around the room. You could sit there. And, and, and whatever you're comfortable doing, you could sit on the sofa and just, you know, just silly head dance or tap your foot. Do whatever you want. Most people get up. So every so often, the way I'm going to do it in the future is, and this is where I might call him Danny Robbins, I'll have all the music playing all night long. But then, like on my iPad, just like I have for the show, there'll be, you know, a soundboard. And those soundboards will be like three or four, three songs, but put together. There's not even a second break in between it. Medley's out of one and into the other. Sometimes there's a song, you love it, but you just want that two minutes. Boom, you go in there, you go out there, boom. So there'll be like eight minutes of just nonstop, the best silly music possible. Because when you're in the mood to silly dance and the right song comes on, you fucking know it. So I got this figured out. And then, uh, and then you know, you get everyone exhausted, and then you just put some cool music on, and everyone goes back to talking and hanging out. 
And then all of a sudden. I think I have to take these headsets off. The headache from wearing them. Oh, the glasses. Holy shit. I mean, I've told you this before, but I think it's a really good way. I'm going to finish where I'm going, but I think this is worth talking about. So I always tell people, sometimes you can use something negative that can happen, uh, not good to your body, to make someone believe in holistic, uh, ho, ho, I always say it wrong, you know, non, non-traditional ways, not medicine. I think everyone agrees that we all respect medicine, and there's a time you need to be on medicine. It's a time you need an operation, but whenever you can, why not? And I think most people would do it, but maybe I should speak for myself. You wonder if it works. Does it work? And I've had so many situations to really believe in a lot of types of, you know, whether it be when I, you know, I, I had like a bone spur in my foot. Like, this is a long time ago. And I, I, at point, I just go cut it. I don't want, the doctor goes, well, you know, the arches fall. And I'm like, ugh. So you had these things. That, it's not like you, you, you stand on this thing and uh, it takes, you know, it takes a picture of your foot. Not like it, you know, like at the drugs at the, at the CVS, you know, like where they... Dr. Scholes, we now this is well. I'm only saying it now because uh, I know, but back then I did wonder, like, well, what's what the arch, your arch. So I went and got him. It fucking worked. I could never sell these things, and I'm not the only one that has that story. If I did, I wouldn't tell it. I know when I'm lucky. I don't tell people, hey, go run outside when it's uh, snowing, and uh, that's not a great example because then you'll trip, and I'll go, well, I did it. Yeah, Todd, you were lucky. I get it. No, I know a lot of people that get those things. Yeah, your arches, you keep them up. And uh, as you get older, you you know they probably fall, and people don't know it, but they it that works. So I saw it work. And um, but you wonder sometimes. Some things are more sometimes like to me, drinking water is one of those things. That's not what I'm talking about, but that you see the effects of. It's not like you have to go. I know it's good for me, but sometimes I see it works. No, drinking water, forget it. Um, but here's something that happens, and. Like, again, it's, 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 it hurts when this happens, but I still think it reinforces believing in the way the body is put together. And when someone knows what they're talking about, you, you, uh, but when I wear my, here's why, well, here's what it is. So when I wear my glasses, glasses, um, it must just pinch the side of my head. I should probably do some research and I don't need them that, let me finish a sentence. I should probably do research to see if there's a type of glasses for people to get headaches. But nevertheless, I don't wear them that much. I mostly wear them in the morning. Now, because I'm doing the board, I brought them back here. But mostly in the morning, when I'm looking at my phone, it's weird. Later in the day, I don't really need it. But there are times if the print's real small. So I'm going to be doing the board tonight and looking at some of my notes. So I brought them back here, and I'm wearing them. But I forgot I was wearing them. And I go, I'm getting a headache. I go, ah, from really, from the headphones? And I, like, I wear the headphones all the time. I actually like to wear them. Um... And then I got like, what? Now with the headphones, I took them off. I didn't. F- and then I go, I had my glasses on. So if that much of a pinch, because then I'm not squeezing them on. It's such a subtle pinch can make you get a headache. And I'm not the only one. Some people can't wear baseball caps. Some people. Then that means it works positively too. Like a pressure point here to bring relief there. That's great proof to me. To be, to encourage yourself to constantly look into... You know, that type of medicine. And that proves that because I wasn't made pretending. I'm like, wait, the heads, the, my headsets that I wear don't give me a headache. And then when I, oh, so glad I was wearing, I'm so glad that I was wearing them because now I have my headsets back on. 
And I knew it was my glasses. That's why I can't wear sunglasses. All right? Let me tell you something. I can't wait to go back to the club. You know, I did 30 days straight with the same band. I want to get that show tight. I, I really have worked on getting that show tight. Like, I want my stand-up to be as strong as the band bits. And that's what I'm using this quarantine for. To just get work on my stand-up, you know? Get it, and then do the band bits in between. But let me tell you something. The, when, I, if, when I go back to performing at comedy clubs, I, I have to have the band go out there, take their seats, and go, hey, Todd, want us to find out if you're silly mood or not. After the whole pre-show announcement's made and everything. And, uh, you know, good evening, welcome. And then I go, other than that, it's showtime. And then the band usually does, like, a minute. Uh, at that point, I'm going to have them go, Todd likes to find out if you're in a silly mood or not. So here's the way we do it. I don't care if I play this and the band sings along with it and drums along with it. Just fucking know it and sing along with it. I don't care. The show starts. It goes black. Boom. I make my announcement. The band's already sitting there. They took the stage. When they all take the stage, then I come on. Hey, good evening. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How you doing? That's when I tell people to not talk. I always remind my podcast listeners that if someone is talking loud next to you, never say anything. Never. You'll make you uncomfortable. You, you, I get it. You want to, but then they know you told. Just be nice. And then go sneak away. When you act like you're going to the bathroom and go, hey, and even ask, go, would you please not say it's the table next to you? Just can you stand? You know, and they'll be like, yes, 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 yes. And they won't. They'll, uh, they won't. They'll do it that way even if you don't ask. But I don't know. Maybe there's one doorman. Hey, the people next to you said. Uh, so, that, that, so uh, you know, that's when I tell people to uh, be quiet and tell podcast listeners, you know, hello and, and uh, be quiet. You know, and uh, we're glad you're here. Not just all negative. I'm glad you're here and turn off your phones, but I tell them why. Not just turn off your phones and don't forget. To, no, you got to say it. You got to explain it. There's meaning behind it. Because sometimes good people don't shut their phones off. There's people that are overwhelmingly really good audience members. They really are. But they'll text maybe, let's say it's three times during the show or twice. They've just got one thing they got to clean up and another thing. I get that. And that is some people. They're not ignorant. And when they see you notice them, they put it away quick. The problem with even those people are, and they're the best of the best. They're just, for, you know, a lapse in judgment. They're, you got to remember, there's 300 of you. So if you're doing it over here and they're doing it over there, it's just like a constant, uh, you know, that's why some clubs are so strict. Forget about the comedians that don't want their brand new material out there when they're stopping by to do a free set. I get it. But uh, a lot of times it's just for your, uh, to be present, to be present. The more people are present, the better the show is. Hey, Todd wanted us to find out. Other than that, other than that, ladies and gentlemen. Hello? Oh, did I mention I had reverb on last week? And I, did I talk? I might, that would have been the other thing that I wanted to say. I know one was that I wasn't wearing pants. And then there was two things. And the other one was, uh, I think I had reverb. I did. I did have reverb for the first five minutes last week. And I never realized it. So now you know I know. So anyway, here's me now, back to the comedy club. I'm going all over the place, but I think I'm doing a pretty good job of finding, you know, going back home. So here's me back at the club. I made my announcement. Other than that, we're glad you're here. Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. And then the band goes, 
Todd likes to see if you're in a silly mood, so here's the way we do it. Maybe we don't come in here. Hold on. Hold on. But how about if we come in here? Todd likes to see if you're in a silly mood. And then there. Come on, everybody. We'll do it until everybody's doing it. If you're not having fun now, folks, no sarcasm. You're going to want to go get your money back. It's not going to change. Yeah, and they do this all part. Then we get to their part again. In other words, in my mind, the audience missed it the first time if they did. If 30% did it, they go, nah, we'll keep doing the song. Then they go on for another 30 seconds. Then we go, are you ready? Here you go. Let's see how silly you are, everybody. Here we go. This is where they do it. You get everyone clapping, you know, and then. And the bands have mics, you know, they have mics with reverb. They can join in and sound like they're all together. Yum, yum, bumblebee, bumblebee, tuna. I bet there's a lot of people going, well, I guess I'm not going to a Todd Glass show. I said it before you, you fuck. Who do I think is listening to my show with that much negative energy? Most people listen with a loving ear and know that I know that. But I always picture somebody else, you know. You got a friend in there. They're thinking, who wants to sit through this? A lot of people, by the way, I should say. It was Bumblebee. Yum, yum, Bumblebee, Bumblebee, tuna. Yumblebee, bumblebee, tuna, ba ba do 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 do, da 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 do 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 do. All right, so I'm gonna clean up something else from last week. Last week, how many times do I'm gonna? I said that I put out an episode, and I talked about two things: the R word, and then I also talked about. Sorry, this got so convoluted, but I'm gonna keep it so clean in its mess. And I thought I could talk about, I didn't, I, I thought I could, should, if I'm going to critique the uh, Jerry Seinfeld movie, uh, uh, stand-up, I mean, his Netflix special, then I should watch the whole thing. And of course, of course, of course. But what I wanted to, co- so I took down the episode. What I wanted to comment on, I didn't have to watch the whole show. And I talked about that last week. What I wanted to talk about, about Jerry Seinfeld, what I realized really bothered me, uh, I was able to, w- with just what I knew, and um, I only watched 15, 20 minutes of it. I had, to, I, pro- I dragged it. Also, to hear one bit, I wanted to find one bit, so I did 
listened to 15 or 20, and then I dragged it. But yeah, uh, yeah, I learned. I should have learned my lesson about that a long time ago. There's never an exception if you're going to critique, especially if you're criticizing it. Uh, watch the whole thing. Watch the whole thing. And I didn't. But anyway, then last week I talked about what I could talk about, and boom, that's done. That's off the table. And then the R word, I didn't drop that part because I thought. I don't know. I I did think I did a good job, but then I thought maybe I'll talk about it on today's episode. But don't worry, relax, Uh, because I'll talk about it calmer. But I'm I know that that episode might be. Well, I'll do an opening to it and I'll explain that why I'm dropping it. So anyway, I'm not going to talk about it today, but I am absolutely going to drop it. Uh, wait a second. You, you you already know that because it's dropped with this episode. Yeah, I'm going to drop it. And then um, I think you, I think I need to be honest. That's where I was at. I, I can learn. I can still communicate better. And uh, my points weren't bad. The anger is what. But anyway, I'm going to drop it. So I don't have to talk about it now. Boy, what a relief. I don't want to get all worked up. I got worked up. I really got worked up. And let me tell you something. When I re-listened to it, my anger didn't scare me. Because anger scares me when it, oh, what were you so, but I feel that, I do really feel it. And I need to show, I need to show, uh, you know, okay, so I'm going to erase this. Um, I really do think, though, and, and it's all right, I, I, I'm going to hit it from a different perspective. Not, not that, the, uh, the R word, and the R word melted in, when this thing, I'm going to release, it's at the end of this episode, so I already did it, I already did it. Just that portion. Cleaned it up. Boom. Uh, it also morphs into, you know, always, all those things sort of become one. Tolerance and understanding and all that stuff. It all becomes one. You know, it all becomes the kids today and, uh, you know, that word and you can't do this. All the things that you, uh, we're trying to do that are good, they feel the exact opposite. I never actually put it that cleanly because it is really true. We're going to acknowledge that group. We're going to call that group what they want. We're going to give this group uh, understanding, and we're going to we're going to uh, we're going to include them, and uh, we're going to stop saying that, and uh, to just it's like, and then other people going, oh God, yeah, that what you're doing is ruining everything. They give it other names, but you know, but uh, maybe I want this to happen so bad, but I am I I I genuinely mean this. It is a if somebody thinks in the business, whether it's New York Times or whoever writes about comedy, and you know what? Maybe I would be so, I wish you would send this to them uh, because I, I, I want to I speak clean. But like I said, whatever the vehicle is, larger than I have, larger than I have, and you know something about comedy, and I'm not saying you don't. But I'm saying that there is something I wish you were aware of. I wish somebody was writing about it because I used this term the other day. When I watch comedy from the 80s, of course I see brilliant comedy. Of course, of course. I could. I don't even need to. If you listen to this podcast, you know I'm not just one of those people going, oh, yeah, of course there was some. Bread. There, no, there was a lot of great comedy. That is off the table. We're talking about it also was a bloodbath of I don't even want to say sexism because I know it drops at people you lose them you lose them just horrific things that even now people would watch back that I hope if you watch that well there's two type of people watch that some people watch that and go like you can't do that anymore and they're depressed other people go wow that 
explains why there was basically white people that went to comedy clubs. It wasn't borderline. If I really do believe that if, if you watch that from the 80s, and, we, and I made mistakes too. Mine, hey, I'll, I will be honest, mine weren't as egregious as others by far, but it's all right. I, I made mistakes. I don't hate myself for it. Just that's okay. You don't have to hate yourself if you did things wrong in the past. Um, but it was a bloodbath. The old evening, go watch, and it wasn't the evening at the improvs. It was not a sign of evening at the improvs. It was a sign of comedy, and 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 um and 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 the jokes that were done. I don't, and the song parodies were the worst. And they that says a lot of why. One day we said, wait, why were song parodies so racist? Because that's the nicest, fluffiest way you can give people sexism, racism, homophobic behavior. And again, I know that word gets thrown around, but always remember for the rest of your life, it'll help you. Um, be understanding of other people. Those words do mean something. If they're overused, yeah, okay, absolutely. Someone has thrown that word around and overused it. But a lot of times, or used it unnecessarily. But a lot of times, a lot of times, I know there's the times you see it. You, we all. That's when people go, no, that's racism. People could point out they're going, that's not, but that is. Yes, but that doesn't mean what you perceive to be not. Sometimes you might be right. Other times, what you perceive not to be racist is because you just don't have an understanding of, like I said, the way the body connects all together. So do social issues and the words that come out of someone's mouth. Right, right. Okay. Right? But go back. It's not even on the fence. And it was a bloodbath. And no one's writing about it. And I don't think you can understand. I don't think you're doing, you're, you're, you're not at your best. I'm trying to be kind. I really am. And be critical of somebody, and this is in this case someone that writes about comedy. And, and not be aware that there is a small group of people that agree with me. But overwhelmingly no one does. And to shed light on this is powerful for someone to go, Wow, we're making the same exact mistakes we made in the past. And what's more shameful to me of that than it was maybe 50, 60, 70 years ago because we always made mistakes and some comedians grow. By the way, I'm not saying nobody grow. There were comedians probably in the 70s that changed in the 80s, of course. But I'm saying the masses, when you saw, it's just so bad. And nobody is, and we don't seem to be learning. You know, I was saying there were people learning, but overwhelming, we don't seem to be learning at all. We're making the same exact mistakes. The same exact mistakes. I am right. And, and the fact that it doesn't even matter if I'm wrong to make my point. If, you want, if you're right about comedy, if you want to believe that, you know, like if you wrote for the Rolling Stones, that you wrote an article that 30 years later, what at the time, a lot of people disagreed. That, hey, look, this article is good. A lot of people are going to disagree with it. But if it's cleanly written and we can shed some light with someone that has a large platform isn't writing about this yeah, um, from a loving place, sh shame on you. And don't, and, and my, my thing is where I go to in my head is that somebody may, well, it's not, is it that? Yes. It is monumental, and like everything else that's important, of course it's a small sector of society that agrees. That's everything that's usually good that we have to fight to get people to realize. And I'm not saying I think I'm great. That's not my point. I think in this area I have something to offer, and then in other areas other people have things to offer me, and that's how I try to grow. 
You know, other people with recycling, that that's their cause. Every, some people have a cause, and people that make fun of your cause, it's usually because they don't have a cause. Because if they did have a cause, they would know that your cause found you. So I'm not barking about this because I think I'm great. In this area, I think I have something to offer. And, if, and I don't have a large platform. But to me, it was a fucking bloodbath. And, and, I, and go look at the audiences. They weren't seemingly, I know I've talked about this before, but I'll tell you the difference. And maybe it's lazy on my part. I've never attached it to, like I always say, and by the way, sometimes when I say, hey, someone put this in someone's ears, they do it. I don't know how to get it into the right person's ears. That I hopefully would hear what I'm saying and go, hey, this guy's right. And would it have to be someone that agrees with me on my side? Uh, not necessarily. Because, but I would just hope that my voice would... I wish it was because I want my side to be given a fair chance. And uh, I promise that if I did have somebody that was... Uh, like I said, you could take bring light to this issue that nobody is talking about. Oh, everyone's complaining about it. But I'm not saying sometimes articles are written that really cleanly, brilliantly shed light on an issue and sometimes help it move forward really fast. It's possible. This is stand-up comedy. So it's, you know, it's, it's doable. It's doable, you know. Articles can call light on something and, 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 and shed light on, you know, so. But I've never attached it to please somebody hear this and go, yeah, this guy's right. And what I will do is if I, the person that wants to, if, if I find someone that wants to do this on a larger platform, bring light to this, and they happen to agree with me, I'll make sure that when I interview or we, we go out and we get people on the other side with the, the handprint that I would have on this is that whether it's for a documentary let me tell you something. If you do this, you will not be ashamed of yourself in whatever the years roll around, that you did it. Trust me. You know I'm right. There's people going, I know he's right. You just don't have the platform to do this. But I don't want to, like, I'll be honest with you. I'm lazy. I could do a documentary. But I don't, I want someone that, I'm being, so, I'm being honest right now. I hope it doesn't come off like dickish. But I want someone, like, if they're going to do a documentary, someone that's got money to do it right. I wish Judd Apatow cared. Like, a, you know, I'm not saying he doesn't care because Judd is, I think, over, overwhelmingly, if not always, like I'm, his decisions and the things he says seem fair and kind and, and funny first, of course. But you can do all of them. You can be, like I said, I love to say you can be so crass if you want to and still be fair. So anyway, but someone like that, because that could get to a huge audience. But you're, of course, like I am right. It's just that... Th Anyway, so send it to somebody. I would, because I, I'm, I'm, I am getting, I'm getting tired, and um, I'm getting exhausted. <laughs> Who gives a shit? That's the, that's too insecure for me to say that. And I, and I'm too George Carr, and I don't like that I just said that. Uh, who gives a shit? I do. And uh, I repeat some things that I say all the time because I tell you why, and I repeat why I do it too. <laughs> I repeat things because I don't think everybody listens to every podcast. So sometimes it's like, uh, I know I said this back there, but it could be a first-time listener, and, I, and it belongs here, too. They have to hear that for perspective. So, you know, who? But I really, you know, I really believe that if you're, if it is, it is, I wish someone would let me know you agree with me. 
And I don't want some, you know, to be greedy, I don't want someone to agree with me that doesn't like like the type of comedy I like. I don't want like a, uh, someone that just thinks, oh, good, Todd says be nice. No, I didn't say nice had to be boring, and nice isn't the word. Just don't be a fucking dick. Don't be a fucking bully with a microphone. Like the people that upset me are like, oh, they're just, they made fun of someone's hat and I'm like, no, the people that I, that get my blood pressure going, no, they're, 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 come on. They're, they're, they're pushing it. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. And it would be good for them too. They get to show their side. Right. So anyway, last week also I was talking about, and then I'm going to move forward. Help me get this, uh, help me, help me get the word out there. I want to, it's a good time, everyone's home, we can write a, write about this. Why is nobody, do you even care, let me ask you, some of the level, do you care even that no one's writing about it? Do you think, yeah, it's bad, but what, what, is, what needs to be written about? I want to be proud. I w- you know, w- we can be the era of comedians that did learn a little. Well, you know what I mean? Like, we learned. And, and by the way, the reason I said, I'll finish this thought, the era before this isn't as responsible because there wasn't as much documented. You know, there wasn't as much, like, on YouTube. It wasn't as easy to look at your past and make, fix your, you know, it's like the fifth kid. You learn if you want to, if you give a shit to learn a little. You, by, the, by the fourth kid or the third kid, you've learned a few things. And that's what I'm saying. Like for the, for the, and the comedians sometimes that are the worst are the old ones. They're the worst sometimes. The young ones, I let off the hook a teeny bit because they're supposed to be getting the wisdom from old people. Old people want everyone to know, yeah, we, uh, yeah, we have wisdom. Or, I know they don't literally say that, but like, I think uh, you know, uh, older, I should say, people do have something to offer, and you would hope wisdom is one of them. And when it's not... It's hard to uh, blame the younger people that do some of the same things they do. I get younger people do it, too. I get it. I get it. All the things I talk about. But it's a, the, the biggest fury comes from the older guys, older uh, women, women and men comedians. That uh, There were less women comedians back then, but I'm sure in, in, right, in proportion with everything else agree. Um, but, and, again, some of them have been victims of being judged outside of the content of their character and turnaround. And... and uh, so, um, um, yeah, I wanted to be like, we, we have, we have a documentation of it. So it's there. It's easier. You would think, why, why couldn't that be the story? And why isn't it? Hey, you know, let me pretend I'm somebody talking about comedy today. Hey, uh, I'm not saying there's still not comedy out there. That's, you know, sometimes just, you know, egregious, just, just. Just anger can, you know. Uh, and by the way, I think it's really good when, you, when you're talking about these comedians that you list comedians that are just as gritty and just as, uh, uh, not all the comedians I have to love have to be like, you know, like have grit. And, but sometimes I love comedy that's just silly. But I'm saying it helps that you're not, oh, I just don't have a problem with it because it's gruff. Oh, you need to establish that real fucking quick. And that's why if you do a documentary or you do an article, you need to pay homage to the guys that, that group of guys specifically that have grit and they and they seem like they could be because they you know the, just by their tone of their voice alone 
and then you uh and they're twisted and they're demented and they're but yet they they're not do, breaking any of these just you know doing these horrible habits so you have to prove that right away otherwise they're going to go oh he just doesn't like that type of no 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 that's like watching a silly comedian you have to do the same thing if there's something really 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 silly for lack of a better way and you don't like it. You got to list six, seven movies that are so fucking silly that you raved about them. And what that does to the other ear, hopefully, if you have another person that's, you know, trying to have come to a conclusion here, they go, all right, well, no, he definitely, that's not the problem with it. I'm, I'm disagreeing with him, but that's not the problem. No, I, and so as far as me right now, no, I don't have a problem with that type of comedy. But of course, I mean, I'm probably, it's funny as I'm sitting here, I guess I come off crass, uh, but you know what I mean? My, my, my jokes. I don't know. I don't know. Who, you can decide how I come off. But uh, I'm thinking, wait, is that me I'm talking about? But uh, uh, um, so uh, I was hoping that we could learn. That why couldn't someone be sitting around and going, hey, look, you know, I'm not like me pretending I'm talking about comedy. It's 2020. I'm not saying it's perfect now, but have you noticed Go back and look at that comedy from a lot of it from, you know, we make mistakes now and our comedy can suck. But I'm just talking, there's a lot less just egregious, like sexism, racism, homophobia, and just, and, and seven other words. There, and then we go, yeah, there is. Maybe that's because of YouTube and we see it now. So we're growing quicker, just like technology grows, uh, you know, that grows. And by the way, there, there, wouldn't, there would be great comedians that would benefit if that was true. So I'm not, but I'm saying it's not true. I don't think it's true. I don't think it's true. You, you learn nothing. So we learn nothing by having YouTube at our disposal and getting to watch our body of work. Good stuff, too. I always remind you right in the middle of this, this is not a neg negative dissertation on comedy. You get to go back and see good stuff that stood the test of time. There's great stuff. But along on there is some stuff that we're embarrassed about, hopefully. But no, it doesn't seem. And you know what? As I talk, it's like, yeah, I guess I am right. Most people, when they watch that stuff, go, oh, you can't. Wow. They're envy of it. You can't do that anymore. Whatever it is. Sometimes I sing a song parody to somebody to show them how bad some of these song parodies were. And they laugh. I know. It's, it's the best of the best because it's fluffy and it's light. And it's in the tune of a Beatles song. You Boy, that's a great way to pack a lot of uh, stereotypes into a song it's such the fluffiest way to deliver it so but it doesn't yeah seems like we're just and that to me is mm, i don't get it so that's what i think should be i have i've been studying this i let me tell you something i am i'm obsessed with it all right so anyway uh moving on uh, seven it is five of seven right now if you want to know what time it is i'm in here early i'm gonna eat lasagna afterwards and not dishwasher lasagna i don't eat dishwasher lasagna hey boy so anyway uh tom wilson uh wrote a song about hecklers and it's so good it's almost art it is art and um one night i'm sure he had of course wrote the song and and by the way, like I've said before when I talk about this, most people don't yell out, you suck. And also, most crowds are really great. Just so you know, like when I complain, you just, 
you know, maybe think, well, what is it? Is it this happened a lot? No. And by the way, even when they do yell out, even then, that's rare. And in the rare times that that happens, it's not you suck usually. It's that happens, but it's usually, um, you know, just yelling out like, oh, maybe helping you or th- that array or talking loud at their table, but but yelling out. But it would usually be what they perceive to be positive, overwhelmingly. But still, but over. Uh, uh, but the good news is that uh, this is, I would say. When I go to a good comedy club, I really do think this. About 75, 80% of the time, the crowds are usually fucking amazing. And even as you, you keep doing it, you learn to get better with the ones that aren't. You know, how many years was I going to go over with a, with a crowd that wasn't that great? Go over my time, 25 minutes. For what? Just do your time. You could do 10 minutes less and, and cut out all the... Uh, I'm trying. So he wrote a song, and I would imagine he had it ready. And one night he pulls it out and <laughs> pulls out his guitar and uh, gets to use it. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, where did I put it? There it is right there. So we had a guy that used to listen to the show. Maybe he still doesn't. He would add music. He did add, I have to stop not finishing my sentences, and I'm aware of it. We had a guy that used to listen to the show, and he used to add music to songs after we sung them a cappella. He did Eddie Pepitone singing... Won't You Be My Neighbor? And it was great. Now, Tom's playing the guitar in here. I'm going to probably put a little reverb in it. But could you add violins? I mean, I want to make this a symphony. Do you still listen to the show? You do? Wow. All right, so let's... uh, It's a comedy club. Everyone's hanging out. Something happens. Go get the guitar. Put the strap on. If you were me and I were you what would life be like to exchange our point of view and trade our very lives? You'd be a performer, love and laughter all your days. And I would be an ugly moron yelling at the stage. (laughs) (laughs) If I were you and you were me, and we substitute each other, change the way we truly be opposite sons from separate mothers you would try to live your life with friendliness and class and i would be an idiot (laughs) and you could kick my ass (laughs) it's funny how we'll keep on living lives so separately but thanks to you i see so clearly I'll stay me. Here comes my favorite part. Uh, (laughs) I love it. I love it. Tom Wilson. Tom old Wilson. Tom, my old friend Tom Wilson. Um that's that. So you good? I'm wearing pants. Some people sent some stuff. I don't even know if I ever talked about it on the show, but about a month and a half ago, things. my mom was in the hospital and no one could visit her and found out she had, long story short, she found out that she had uh, cancer. But um, I'm going to make it really short today because I just want to say, so now she's doing amazing. She's doing amazing. Um, and... Uh, 
out of the hospital, but but I don't know. I'm sure this is a, a group of people you deal with this. And my mom, I I think for her family is relatively young. She's seventy six. So like everyone lives to be a hundred in her family. Her aunt was ninety four. You know like but. You know, when you think, oh, my God, and it really makes you start thinking, and during this time, there's got to be people out there that have dealt with this. Like, it's never good to deal with this, but, like, I want to at least, it became where I was fantasizing if she was dying and I could just be in the room, and, like, there she is, and we're talking, and we know it's that. Like, that became, like, oh, wouldn't that be great? Of course, because, you know, just to happen. But now she's home, and... Um, she just did her last round of... They're not trying to get rid of the chemo completely. And that's why it's a little different. They're just trying to eradicate it so she can go and enjoy her life. You know, if she was 30, it would, might be a different story. So there you go. But some people sent cards. And they sent everything I asked to send. She got about probably 100 things. Like a ton of stuff. And you, you, you melt my heart. You are Mr. Rogers. And let me tell you something. Even if you were going to go send something and you didn't and you wanted to and you thought about it, I love you too. And I'll tell you why I, I say that. Because I used to go to a barber, an old barber just on Sunset Boulevard. And, there was a, and he, my, the guy who cut my hair was probably 60, 65, 60 probably. And uh, there was another guy who was, I think, uh, 93. And he still came in twice a week and he cut hair. And uh, he, he did die. And the... The granddaughter, I think, it was the granddaughter, uh, put up a, you think, why not his daughter? Because she's dead. Um, no, uh, thank you for all the things that you sent or cards. Even if you just sat there and thought and didn't know what to do or something else like that, that, that just was that. She goes, thank you, too. And I was me. Like, I had the, I had the warmest thoughts about about him and he was and he made me laugh and I won't even you know he just he just was a character and he and I, and and who wouldn't want to come into work when you're 93 and cut hair one time he was going I can't walk in the park anymore because they closed it down but I look at him like oh he's 93 but the other guys knew him probably for 40 years you know that's my guess she's like I can't walk in the park I'm like oh I can't walk in the park He's like, and they're like, the other guys, the 60-year-olds, or they yell at the 90-year-old, they go, shut the fuck up, when are you walking in the park? And he goes, fuck you. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, it's just, it's just they're, they're, they would, they seem like they were in high school, always sort of, uh, and then they'd cut each other's hair and give each other hot shampoos. <laughs> All right, what do I got here? I'm going to call somebody right now. What do, I just want to see what's on here. No one is right about <laughs> Danny, we're going to be getting that silly. Uh, let me ask you a question. The last meal, when they have like the last meal and they let, what is that to, what is that for? Like, is that to, so the warden, the guy who pulls the switch doesn't feel bad? You know what I mean? Like, sure, everyone talks about I killed him, but what a, like, pulled the switch, but I gave whatever injection, however they, no one talked, but back then they probably did all these type of things. Did they give a last meal in hangings? By the way, some people were okay with hangings. Here's the way to go through life. I'm going to sidetrack again. If if you can't think, what was the what are we doing that's the hanging of today? Because if you if you think it's nothing, I would imagine that you should go. Wow, it probably has to be something. 
And that's how I look at stand-up comedy. What is, look, to me the mild acts of aggression aren't the problem. To me it's the others, because that's how they get away with it. The people that are just in the gray area. And I'm not ever talking, like I said, a, ba a joke I don't like. Who gives a shit if I don't like a joke? I'm talking about when it socially hurts people, right? So I think that's what a good thing to do is to go through in life and do and think, like, what's the equivalent to a hanging that we're still doing? And I, and I bet if you say no, well, not that there's not horrible things, but just not like that. And that's a, that's, 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 a, that's a strong one to start out on. But, okay, what about... I won't even list the comedians, like I said, but what about a comedian in the 80s that you, even you, you look back. Yeah, I know, even you, you're like, I'm with Todd, sometimes not, but on this one, yeah, yeah. That comedian, whoever, whoever they are. Think of the things they can't, and then who's doing that now? And if you're saying, if you don't think anybody, because even me sometimes, I'll go, wait, is anybody? I'd be in a good mood. But the only reason even I want to say, okay, maybe not that bad because we're, because it's present if 30 years later the more we understand people the more embarrassing it gets that we ignored their cry the more we understand people the more we understand why putting somebody didn't understand in the 80s why putting buck teeth in and imitating what you thought somebody who was chinese talked or looked like you didn't do it because you were a bad person you didn't know that that literally tracked down to making this person not breathe as easy as they should be and the more we ignore that, the more we learn about people, the more we learn about animals, the more it is embarrassing that we ignored their cry, even if it was silent. And it just gets more and more embarrassing. At least I should talk for myself. That's the way it gets. So the only thing you can do is just grow. So that's how I look at comedy. What, who's doing that? And look, I will say it. If I can't be this scared to live my whole life this way, I'm talking about people that were like Andrew Dice Clay. That, you know, there's no faggots in this neighborhood. They're all hanging from a tree. It was a character. I get it. Some people think they need to tell me that it was a character. I know. I'm judging it as a character. What if I dress up as uh, the Lone Ranger and come over your house and uh, tell you you're a fucking pile of shit and you're a loser and the reason you're angry and you say those words is because you're fucking you're you're mad and you're angry and the reason you're not nice to that group is because you're a fucking failure and you hate it you won't change because you fucking hate your disgusting pig-like self hey i'm dressed up as the lone ranger i'm a character so The only thing I don't know if he, you know, he, uh, there are certain people that watch that and, you know, we, we know there's feelings all over the gamut. So you want to know, okay, now who's doing that today? I needed to say somebody because I needed to have you have it in your head. Okay, I know what that is. I can go watch it. You know, who's doing that today? No, not in the middle. You know, every so often you got to throw a lifeline to the cause you don't agree with because I'll, I do it on the other side. And you got to do it. You got to, right here, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for someone that overwhelmingly doesn't agree with me. Now, maybe even not a listener gone, no, no, no. I, I know that everyone doesn't agree with me, but I watched that old Andrew Dice Clay stuff. And that, that just was like, you know, there's no faggots in this neighborhood. The faggots are hanging from trees. These dick suckers, they want money for AIDS. If you want money for AIDS, get a fucking job. Stop sucking dick. And I'm 90% there. But it was a character. And all the people that were laughing weren't bad people. Nor are they today. Nor are they today. 
But when you hear that, you might think, oh, come on, people sat in a room while someone said that. I'm reminding you it was a character, but yeah. 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 And it was probably sad that there were a lot of people in that room that didn't agree with what he was saying. Some did. When I say agree, there were probably people that, if they found out they had a gay child or a gay brother, or gay, would, you know, uh, everything from you're out of the family to just make their life hard. Okay, now we know, but never talk about it. And they sat in that room, and they had no idea, and it wasn't their fault, that they were actually around some people that wouldn't really care. I know there were some that did, but do you understand why to the eye or to the ear when that was being said, and go listen to it, uh, that there'd be people sitting around that room that did have people that were, were fine, that were just like, whoever you are, be the true you, whoever you are, and if you want to get married, get married. But it didn't seem like that because he got to do that. I'm sure there were people yelled out once in a while, removed from the club, I get it, that's... But... They sat there, people. And you might think, didn't I? Didn't I? Yeah, I mean, I guess I was thinking, I guess pe- that's the way people, no one, no one, they were never were leaving in groves. Re- I don't want to keep repeating what, I, what he said, but I, I have a right to because they never left overwhelmingly. I, he did good a lot. He killed. And there were people in the audience, I'm sure, again, that didn't, that were like, oh, my God. Like, wow. And they probably thought, like, do I just not get comedy? Because that's what happens. Nice people that think, oh, I know I, sh- I, I don't like that. Or I have, I live this life. I have a child that is, you know what I mean? Like, whatever it is, my mother, my father, my dad's best friend, my sister. I have somebody like that in my life. And wouldn't care. They were there, too, probably, even if it was 25, 30%. But they didn't. I get it, you don't know, so that's why I say instead of judging them, because I'm sure that happened where they got in the car and they went, oh my God, really understand that it's almost, if, if there's any science, that that is still going on. And I'm not talking about me being perfect. Oh, I'm sure I'm going to look back on things I do, even, and, I'm, and I'm trying my hardest. But I'm talking about when you, when you don't give a shit at all, you have to look back and go, who's doing that now? Who? Not to, 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 you know, people go, it's like when people go, what do you, not not because I'm angry at those comedians and I want to see them suffer. It's because the people that they're hurting. I think that happens a lot. I think that happens a lot where you think, oh, what's, what, what are they angry at me for? They're not angry at you. They're angry at the people that you hurt. You don't think you do, so I get it. So you think they're unnecessarily coming at you. I do get that. I really do. And you feel like they're attacking me and it's unnecessary. And So we're talking about, you know, people. Um, you know, you got to, I think that's a good way to go through life. Go, who is doing that? Again, just to be, to, to give the people a lifeline that need it. Yeah, it ends up sucking for, I guess, the comedians that that you start talking about to do this. You don't have to mention names in a mess. I guess for them, it's like, yeah, it's like you're a pain in the ass. But it's not the goal. It's not the goal. Under a lie detector test, if there is, if I would take it. No, it's not because, it's because I think what you're doing hurts other people. Jesus. All that for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whew. How you doing, Stotts? Wagner? 
Olson, Aaron Simon, Tom Martin. Wooey! I'm going to take a drink of water. Oh. Go listen to a lot of Andy Presco's new music. You're going to love it. In honor of all of Andy Presco's new music, I'm going to play an old song of his while I do my business. Open rockin' The only life I ever know Not one for doing what I'm told Why? I could sing. I'm as good as Andy, I know that. I hope he listens and gets all mad. I just took a hit. You know what I might do? Can I play something for you? Um, hold on. <coughs> I want to call Chip Chantry. Ask him about this. I have a question for him. Chip Chantry. There we go. And then it's all silly the rest of the show. Another hour. Wow. Wow, wowzy. I'm going to play something while I uh, go to the bathroom. Right? What can I play? Because I don't want Aristotle to have to make an edit. And I don't want to play something from the board. I mean, that, that same thing I've been playing every week. So i got to be able to find something. Hold on. Here we go. Okay. How you doing, everybody? How you doing, everybody? I'm going to talk about people with Chip. I want to call him and talk about people that, um, you know, people go, you mess with the bull, you get the horns. You know what I'm saying? All right. I want to, uh, so, uh, cameo. Should I do that and just give all the money to charity? That's the only way. Maybe I'll keep half. You know what? I need it all. All right, I'm doing cameo. I'm keeping it all. You know? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? All right, I'll be listening. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go so quick to the bathroom. I mean, you're not going to believe it. You're going to just... You ain't going to believe it. Okay? All right. I'll be right back. Don't you go anywhere. Start closing all my shows. Here we go. Until we meet again. Tell the folks that I know. Tell them it won't be long. They'll be so happy to know. As you saw me 
I was I don't like it. Well, let me start over. What what if me and the band learned this? I mean we learned it good. Otherwise you don't you don't have to be able to sing great, but you have to fucking learn the song. Picture five of us. Well folks, I hope you had a good time tonight. Whenever you're ready, let's do this. Here we go. Oh yeah. Oh it's that time everybody. Wow. Well, ah, we'll meet, we'll meet again. Don't know where, and I don't know where, but I know we'll meet again. Some days it'll be sunny, and you'll keep smiling through and through and through and through and through, just like you. You used to do. I'll tell some jokes. I'll make some funny sounds. I'll turn your dark clouds upside down. Oh, so don't you? Please say hello to the folks that I know and tell them it won't be long. They'll be happy to to know as you saw me go. I was singing, ah, this song will meet again. Bada -bada. A minute it was good. A minute it was good. I'm going to stop the podcast. A minute it was good. Okay, a minute it was good, or I'm going to stop the podcast. No, you don't want to admit it was good? I'll stop the podcast. I'll stop the podcast. I had reverb in there. I'll stop it. I'll stop it. Who listens still? Who is listening? Who are we? <laughs> right? I mean, there's got... I want to know, like... Start sending me pictures. You don't even have to write anything. Just where you listen. Nah, I don't want to give you anything to do. I Seriously, I would love to see. Especially when it's dark. My friend goes, I'm living in this apartment when I... You're right, when I do... I don't know. I go, because I go... Just turn the lights out. Last night, somebody... Uh, Actually, uh, the only person to ever fall asleep in the studio, Nick. Nick. He goes, where I can talk um, in my house and, and just feel like I can just, you know, be as loud as I want to be. And, you know, it's all the way there. And this is the room. There's nothing in there right now. But it's, it's got good reception. And I can, but it's so bright. So he called me last week and it was pitch dark in there and he just had a candle lit. And you just saw the computer was shining on his face. I was like, that's great. I'll, like, in other words, if you have, if you, if that's all you can offer, shh, you know, I always imagine people listening like that. But even when you're FaceTiming with people, uh, not uh, FaceTiming, when you are a, uh, you know, whatever you're doing, whether you're uh, uh, Zooming or Skype, FaceTime. FaceTimes for me is always the easiest just because it's on my phone. I mean, now, you know what's so funny? I say that now all the apps are on my phone. So now it's always weird at first. Like now I know I'm like, oh, I hope it's Zoom. I'm, I'm used to that. Uh, but um, so, so what was I talking about? Shut the fuck up. So I guess I'm just going to forget. I have to let it go, don't I? To let it go. You just got to let things go. You got to let it go.
or don't let it go. Probably if I look at my list. Nah, I was going off. All right, I finished it. Don't you get upset when I forget where I'm at, and I won't either. I always get upset because I think people will be like, ah, oh, was the, what was I going to do? Make some great point. That's when it sucks if that ever happens, and that's when I hate it the most. When especially when it's something I'm passionate about and I'm so close to gluing it together and then fuck, and I guess that's frustrating for you too, the listener. That's why, you know, but this, what was it? What are the odds? Oh, let me know. Email me. Tell me. Go, hey, Todd, remember at this point during the show when you couldn't remember what you were talking about? So good. Now I'm just going to forget that. I'm going to call. Who the f- I'm going to call Daniel Kino. He's not going to answer, but I'm going to keep, keep calling people. I'm not, you notice I didn't start this late. Called Daniel Kino. I'm already mad. <laughs> well, I'm hurried. I don't want to be hurried. What's he doing over there? There we go. I don't even know if I want to call people. You know why? Because I need to put this mic. I'm going to give his number. Please leave your message for... Oh, shit. (laughs) That one I definitely have to get a picture of. Okay. Fuck. Okay, you can leave all this in, Aristotle. But they'll know the, why you took his phone number out. I just left... Uh, all you got to do is get the phone number out of there. I just left the uh, uh, Daniel Kino's phone number in there. So that is not a good thing. <laughs> well, this is the newest way to do this. I mean the easiest way. I'm going to do it right now. Here we go. On the third uh, picture I sent you of the, uh, of the time code on there is uh, I left Daniel Kino's phone number in there. All right, cool. Please make sure you take that one out. <laughs> Luckily, I don't think I don't think we've ever missed a number. Maybe one time. What are you gonna do? Okay, I wrote who to call. I wrote. Let me call Chip. Oh, and then I have emails. Yeah, here we go. What's this? Okay, call Chip Chantry. Calling Chip Chantry. Mobile. I'm gonna tell him Blake Wexler's. I'm fed up. Nobody picks up anymore. <laughs> Who else did I write down? Okay, I'll call. Call Blake Wexler. Calling Blake Wexler. Mobile. Okay, what's going on? What? This phone is... Is this phone dying? No. Then what the fuck? It's not... You know when your phone's not reacting? Oh, there it goes. 
Call Blake Wexler. I hope I didn't leave Daniel. You know, uh, uh, I'm so scared I'll forget to give him the Daniel Kino note. Hold on. Here we go. What the f... I think... Oh, my God. Somebody's up to something. <laughs> wow. I don't want to bother Steve Fine Arts. Hello, you've reached Blake Wexler. I cannot come to the phone right now. Wow, his voice hurts. Well, they're dead to me. Let me put my headphones on. It reminds me I'm doing a show. That fan. What do you think? Can you hear that? I don't need the fan anymore. Oh, I love when it's this cold in here. I love when it's cold. I was going to call Chip because I wanted him to help me with, uh, you know when people have phrases, like they'll be like, uh, David, you, I don't I don't really know people too much in my close circle. It's funny, do you ever have, like, I'm about ready to talk about something, and then I'm doing a self-test of myself, going, well, is that, did you make that up for the joke, you know? And I've made fun of that in the past, so I'm trying to think. I think I still hear it. And by the way, once you sometimes if you leave your ears open and then you'll either if you never hear it again, you go, oh, maybe I don't. Or you'll go, oh, yeah, I do hear that. There's other things I'm like that. I'm like, mate, do you hear it anymore? If I just now got even with certain words people say, I've literally said to myself, like, May maybe I don't hear it anymore. Maybe. I and then you hear it. You're like, OK, 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 OK. Uh, so. Uh, so I think I hear this. <laughs> I go out of my way. Uh, you mess with the bull, you get the horns, you know? I want to think of, like, three more of those. You mess with the bull, you get the horns. Because that's really, you know, not the best way to deal... I, I don't trust anybody that has those term, those phrases a lot because they've, like, given a... They have uh, slogans for their anger. You know, they have... They have a, what do you... Are you... You hire a PR company to make yourself seem appealing? You mean... You mean uh, I deal with things shitty and with anger and physical, you know, and I bet they all lead back to that type of behavior. You boom, ba ba boom, you bang, ba ba bang. That's Andy Kindler way. You make your point without having to come up with an example. You get it, ba boom, ba ba boom, you bang, ba da bang. You take it in the gaga, you google in the gigi. You fa fa in the foo foo, you fee fee in the fo fo. Yeah, it's always got a rhythm. Yeah, you mess with the bull, you get the horns. Eh? You put the cement, you get the Spackle. <laughs> I'm gonna be Andy for a few minutes. Here's how Andy would go on too far. You you eat spaghetti. You you wipe your mouth with a dirty meatball. I got it. that was hard. Once I made it into a thing, I couldn't do it anymore. Oh, I'll do Andy. I was just sideways doing Andy. Then I brought attention to it. The ruin. You mess with the falafel, you get the papapa. You feed the fufu. You feed the fufu. Remember that song, uh, uh, Banana, Yadana, you know, <laughs> I look like a, imagine going into a, you know, a place to, uh, you know, it's funny because I was going to say to buy music, but that doesn't, that doesn't happen anymore. But, you know, I remember like being in high school and going into a place when you would like have to go into like a record store or a CD store, no records probably, and, uh. And go, uh, 
you know, it's like da 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 da. And you know what? They were amazing. A lot of times, they knew it. That's why they work there. Sometimes they go, no, do a little more. Uh, and uh, and uh, she, uh, she she loves you, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then she nothing. This is the dick. This the, it's like. She, uh, I think I'm gonna, and she loves you, yeah, 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 and she loves like that, you now, now, you have to be able to sing more, hmm, what do you think of that song, I wish I really knew, I'll never know what you really think, you know what I mean, do you really want me opening the shows with, with songs or closing them? I mean, I will, if you want me to, you know. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. I want to be drunk doing it. I drink. Here's what happens. Hold on, let me fix everything. Hello? 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 Okay, this is... Hello? It's got a little too much reverb. Hello? Okay, so here's the deal. You'll like this. This will be fun for me. I'm on the road, but I'm drinking. But I'm still... The crowds are loving me. It's, it's like a year after the pandemic, and uh, things are back to really... To, 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 we're lucky. It's great. Everything's great. I'm on the road, but I'm drinking. I'm drinking. I'm having fun. Showing up on time. Do my show. I mean, I'm not like, ah. Mm, except maybe during the show a little. But people like it. And the band is good. The show is, at this point, somehow, who we don't know how, but I became a much bigger draw so I can spend more money on the band. Not complaining. I'm just saying that's what I would do. You know what I mean? That's what you do. Oh, now I'm, I draw this many people. You just spend... If you, some people don't. Like Todd Murray. I never saw him put a nickel back into his act. He could have a guitar player open for him, but he said to me one time to my face, no, I'll keep every red cent. And I love him for it. But, uh... But I'm... I'm during the show. But I'm, I'm all right... The truth is I drink. Here's what happens. If you need to know the ending, I, I don't want to tell you, but I, I get better. Don't worry. But this goes on for a while, about a year and a half. But I think I sing better when I'm drunk. That's what I tell my close friends. The crowd doesn't expect. They go, oh, he's drunk, you know. But then I think, yes, then if that is the situation, don't, I'm not being crazy or anything. If that is the situation, yes, I think... Uh, but don't, but picture it right. I mean, it's nice. These venues and the crowd and the people were, there was, there, when you walked outside before the show, when you came in, there was a guy playing the trumpet, a guy, a person, have somebody playing the trumpet. See it? Not that hard. Just got to try. I'm still trying. I forget sometimes completely, but then I remember. There you go. Have somebody outside playing the trumpet, wailing away on the trumpet. Just outside during Christmas, it would be Christmas carols. 
But of course, you, you pay them. They're not just there coincidentally. Sometimes they show up and it's beautiful when somebody shows up with an instrument and plays and they're great and they always are so often. So I have make sure it happens. And you pay them and you pay them well. Make it a good night for them. Then afterwards, there's five or six ice cream trucks outside, whatever we need. And inside, me, basically 70% stand-up, 30% that other shit I love to do. And But I'm, dr- I'm, dr- I'm, I'm not going to lie, I'm drinking. Is he, uh, is he drinking? But uh, I'm, having, I'm, I'm having a good time. When I say drinking, mm, nine drinks. That's a lot. I know some people are going, that's a Saturday. Am I going too low? Well, I don't want to I don't want to romanticize it too much. That hurts people bad. Alcoholism is not a joke. And I tell you, constantly remind you. The story I paint is a sad story. Not a story for you to fall out of sobriety. The reason you're in it, you stupid. The reason you're in it. I was going to say you asshole. But then I realized no. From love. You. That's why. So I'm not, I'm not romantic. The story I paint is of Todd Glass. Of, yeah, he's a big, there's a lot going right, but that often is the story of some of these people. Sometimes just their, you, you, your, your, your creativeness, your, what you're here on this planet for, you're not at your best because you're drinking. That's why you're, going, that's why you're trying to get through sobriety or any insobriety. You stay right where you fucking are. Don't you fucking even move to the right. You fucking know what you got to do. Right? Huh? I always throw a lifeline to you. Sit down. You ain't getting up. <laughs> Even if you're one day sober, give you a big hug. One fucking day. Hardest goddamn day of your life, I bet. Go two days. I'll come over there. I'll hug you till you shit all over yourself. You'll never want to drink or do whatever you're doing. Whatever your whatever your thing is. Whatever your whatever's getting you. Sometimes it's more. Sometimes it's. Is you know, there's different levels, but no matter what, if you can't stop it, it's fucking gets exhausting. And I'm not talking about myself. <laughs> of course, I am talking about Harris Whittles. He owed me five hundred dollars. He owed me five hundred dollars. Where's his estate? There should call me. <laughs> Always including him in the bits because he knows. The only time I hope people somewhere can feel, you know, but I'm all right. No, no, I mean, I'm all right without knowing it positively. Like, I wish I did, but I don't mean I'm all right. I'm getting over Harris still. I never got over it. Harris Whittles was my child. I never told anybody. I was lonely on the road. Uh. (laughs) But the show. Well, ladies and gentlemen. I'll tell you what, if I was at that point, my PA, they, I like a good, clean, like the sound system. When you go to a place where it just sounds fucking great, especially when you go to a place that holds like not that many, like uh, small places are probably the same as big music venues. Sometimes you have great sound systems, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you go to a place that's a, for newer musicians even, but, there's, but it sounds fucking amazing. Yeah, whoever owns the place, that's something they give a shit about. Sounds like fucking amazing. Even at like a 400-room place. Sounds great. Sometimes I guess it's the artist because they bring their own. Sometimes it's not, though. Actually, it's not a lot. It's at one level. There's some musicians that are really, really great. 
but they're not bringing their own sound systems. They just can't. They're not at that level yet. They're, they can't. But that they're fucking amazing. So yeah, you get to hear musicians like that that have to rely on the house sound system, and when it's great, it's really cool. We're in like you know four hundred seat theaters, five hundred seat theaters. That that's all I really want because that five hundred seat theater, it's still. You know what? I'm gonna up it. I wouldn't really up to a thousand. Because there's a room in Las Vegas, I open up for some acts there, and that holds a thousand, and that's fucking amazingly intimate. And I always thought if I wasn't doing it for the money, you know, like when an entertainer can go out and just goes, no, I don't need the money. Like, in me personally, I wouldn't do over a thousand seat room if I didn't need the money. I don't begrudge anyone that whatever, you know, three thousand seats can be fucking amazing too. I've been in three thousand seat rooms that are, um, I have opened up racks, opened up racks. And the well-laid-out 3,000-seat room can also be intimate. But there's no defying. Up to 1,000, that's when it's like... It's still like every fucking person in the room. It's still like they had an experience being in the same room with you. Up close. So 1,000. You know. And it lets you have... But, then, you know, at the end of the show... My, I want it to be... You know, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Why am I talking in that voice? Well, everybody, thank you for coming out tonight. I can't. I gotta, I'm, I'm going to change my voice a little, too. And uh, we hope you had a good time. And well, I guess it's time to say goodnight, guys. Whenever you're ready, whatever you gotta do, let's uh, let's kick this soiree off. Here we go. Wow, you're coming in late, and I know that's a track, you fucks. You play along to tracks, and everybody in this audience knows it. Oh, well. We'll meet again, I don't know where, and I don't know where, but I know we'll meet again. Keep on smiling, I'm through and through, just like you used to, I do. Till the blue skies chase those great dark skies away. Ah, so won't you? Oh, please say hello. I won't say no, and I won't be alone. Cause I'll be happy. I've been alone, so be go. I wasn't singing. This song, I will make everybody get along. I don't know where, and I don't know when, but I know, I do know, we'll be again. Ah, oh, give me some music. Give me, play the music. Maestro, please. Ah. Oh, so ah, ah. So won't you please say hello to the folks uh, that were here before? It won't be long. I'll be back here in Philadelphia at Helium, and I bet you're happy to be known. And I was singing this, I was singing a song, singing a song. I, 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 I will be again. 
don't know, I don't know where, and I don't know when, but I know, but I know, I fucking know it, I know it, I know it, I know it, I know it's some sunny day. I'll be back, I'll be back, yes I know, I'll be back, oh yeah, I'll be back. I'll be, I'll be back before you know it. I said I know I'm gonna meet you back here someday again. Uh, good night, everybody. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm not done singing. Oh, I'll be back in town. The Todd last. He'll be back. I said I know it. We're gonna meet. Again, someday. Hey, 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 hey. Ah! Oh. Oh. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, pay your tabs and get the fuck out. Not at the clubs I work. Yeah, they're called fuck you lights. What? what are those numbers on They're called arm? fuck you lights, and, and I really, the good clubs don't do it. You know, you, can, you need to get people out of there. There's a million ways to make sure the show ends on time. And even in the event when it goes disgustingly over, at least uh, two minutes where you just bring them up safe where they can walk. Continue the atmosphere. For me, I'm playing very specific songs. Uh, the, the atmosphere is as they leave has to be, you know... And, you know, the good clubs, what they do, it's, they do a good job. Like Helium, I'm sure, because they know the way I like it as they're leaving. They just, they, they uh, bust all night long, which, which all places should do. But they just you keep really up on that, and that helps at the end when they're paying their bills. You're not also clearing 30 drinks off the table. Oh, Helium. No. Let me get a drink. I guess I got to go in for the clothes. Wooey. Did anybody call? I could call Eric. I keep forgetting I could call Eric. Shit, that's what I tried to remember. No, it isn't. I just wanted you to think I remembered. But I don't remember. Call Eric Olson. Calling Eric Olson. Here we, here we go. Put this in there. Hmm. Hmm. Your call has been forwarded <laughs> to an automated voice. Oh, right. System. Right. I'm not. I did try tonight. I mean, at this point, yeah, you know, I don't need to call somebody that bad. It's fun. But uh, I guess Blake Wexler has passed away. Hmm. Sad to hear it. I liked him. But Blake Wexler is dead, folks. We need to acknowledge it. Fred Willard. From from sarcastically saying it about the very healthy Blake Wexler, um, I uh, I did tweet something about Fred. I'm always worried. Like everybody, you don't want to just jump on. But look, I think it's good. People, I read a lot of nice things when somebody dies, and I know some people. You're afraid sometimes to post something if you have it, but uh, there's ways to do it. I was I did ask some questions because I had a f well. Let me go one thing at a time. But uh, so I don't normally. 
Uh, I usually just usually retweet somebody else's because I thought it was, but mine I don't really. But with Fred, I, I with Fred Willard I did because uh, he, first of all, w w when and I'm gonna, I am going to put this video out there. Uh, there's two things I'm gonna I wanna uh, that one I already did put out there and but I'll tell you the story that led up to it. I hope I didn't tell this already. Um, but when I first moved to Los Angeles, about a few years after I was out here, me and Doug Benson put together this thing. It was called the Doug Benson One Man Show. It was. It was, you know, it's just me and Doug doing our acts and being, being, being idiots. And uh, <laughs> it was so much fun. But, but we, uh, we would go up to San Diego, and uh, at that point, like, David Beck, Dave Becky and Mike Carano ran that place. And, and, and it was just so much fun because they loved comedy and they respected it. God damn it, is it fun to work in a club where the people really respect comedy and like it? Constantly doing things that make the show better, even though if it made them a little less drink money. You can still make a lot of drink money. There's still a way to do it. That's the great part about it. You can serve drinks, and you can do it right, and you probably end up making more money. That's the club we were at, the San Diego Improv. It was exciting. It was so much fun. You're making, like, the really decent like money. I think, like, I was 23, 24. 24? Moved out here. 25. I was 25 years old. And, um, you know, you would get, like, $800 for the week. And then sometimes they needed a host the next week. You're like, you want to stay? Yeah, I'll stay. And they had like a condo, which was, it was a comedian's condo, but it, because, you know, the Mark Anderson owned it. It was nice. Like, you know, it wasn't gorgeous, but it was clean. And old sofas, but yeah, it was just, you, you maybe you by yourself 90% of the time. If so, there was one other person, two bathroom, a block from the beach, or they stayed at this place called the Pacific Tourist. And sometimes they'd always go, come on down Friday, I'll have fun, it'll be... You know, we'll, we'll, we'll pay you this. And, you know, hey, you're broke. So, you know, that was like the best club in the world. And they pay. And they paid because they were just sharing, just like they shared some of that with the audience by the things they bought that they didn't need to spend money on. I, his theory, he did make money. He made a lot of money. Could you have made more? In the year, but not in the long run of how well he did with all his clubs. The improvs did very well, and some of them still do. But back then, it was a different thing. I didn't say comedy. I'm not making a dissertation on comedy. I'm saying when you have somebody like that, Mark Anderson, owned that a big group of clubs, and he had a respect for comedy, it made a difference on how you train your audiences and what the, what you'll put up with, and you know, and you know, different things like when I say when they would you know open up the club and go, oh, that bathroom door opened, so he'd have a company come in and have to hang black. Material, that's expensive. Probably to put up 10 feet of black material, like, you know, like weighted, weighted, like a theater drape at Carnegie Hall. And for not just a piece of material, no. It was like, if it wasn't going to be a wall, you probably have to get a permit. But maybe that you don't have to. That's still probably, you're, you're, you're not your house where you can hang a black sheet. And it's got to look fucking good. Chains at the bottom, that type of weight. Um, probably probably $3,500, $3,000, $4,000, you know? Just to put one there, and then he would put them all over the place. Probably spent $20,000 in certain clubs to just fix things with black. You know what was cool about that? It happened so quick. You probably order them, they come in, they measure, then they come in, one day, boom. And it's like, that's gone, that's gone. The bathroom doors are gone. It was exciting. It made a difference. Did it make a little difference? No, it fucking changed the whole goddamn room. Oh, this is a place where you come to see a show. There's nothing. It's like a theater, but yet you're eating before the show. The food back then... You know what? Maybe the food was better then, and I'll tell you why. Because they knew that, look, it was the first club, Mark Anderson's, where you didn't have to have just, you know, they had more than just chicken strips and deep fried. It wasn't, you know, and just all shit. It was like, you can get a dinner. 
Now they were, they were simple dinners, but they were good. Like they were, but you could get them out quick. So people, you know, I don't like clubs. They say, oh, the food's so good. Yeah, but I don't want people getting their shrimp scampi halfway through my set. It has to be good, but be able to get out. So by the time the show starts, you try to have almost anybody eating done. You try. By the way, if you don't succeed all the time, that's fine. All you have to do to be a good club is really try. And guess what? When you really try, you're not. Most of the time, some last-minute dinners trickle out during the host at good clubs. At good clubs. You don't see dinners. They're serving drinks all night. But dinners, they're trying to get rid of them. Come an hour before the show. Mark Anderson used to open up an hour and a half before. Because he goes, you know, uh, some people will go somewhere else. He goes, we got nothing, you know. So he'd open up and they'd come for dinner. And some of them did get there an hour before. So by the time the show started, there weren't, there weren't that many dinners there. You get a shrimp cocktail. It was so much fun. <laughs> I remember we'd all tell the same story. Like, we would go down, like, and, uh, you know, they, they were really supportive of really, like, comedians that were, like, different, too. That not, like, and I don't mean me. I was very mainstream, you know. But, but guys and, uh, and uh but guys like Adam Sandler, uh, Judd Apatow would go down, and Adam Sandler and David Spade, and uh, uh, they would bring down guys like Peter Gawkey, and you know, just I, the list goes on. Bring in Rich Hall, like no, you know, the fact that they would bring in Rich Hall, I love that, you know, and and the list goes on and on. I, I hate that I can't. Gary Shandling would go down there, and it was just you know really cool, and um, um. So we were, uh, so we had just moved to LA, and then I, I got sidetracked because I was talking about Fred Willard. That's right, fuckface. And um, so we we wanted to get an opening video. Now again, I'm gonna put, I will put this video. Uh, I, I'll put it on uh, YouTube. Aaron Simon's gonna put it on YouTube. So we went up to him at the Improv in the restaurant, and 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 we asked him. We said, Hey, would you? You know, and I knew him from Fernwood tonight. No, that was just like like I love Fred Willard. Just even then, I knew like that's Fred Willard. Like, just his, right from the start, you see Fred Willard. You you fall in love with Fred Willard, and uh, and it was also a, a reminder of something to do, which is a little extra sentimental. Is that you know I don't really know the sense of humor my dad had. Like I knew he had a good sense of humor, and he was sarcastic sometimes. And but uh, he used to watch Fernwood Tonight and liked it. So I thought, oh, he had to, he had to get it because they were parodying comedy. So he had to have a good sense of humor, you know, uh, to like that show, I think. I'm positive. So he went over and asked him to do it. And, and of course, he was so gracious, like so nice. And, he was, and then um, he uh, just said something like, uh, oh, I just got back from the Todd Glass, Doug Benson, one-man show. I thought it would never end. I hope I hoped it would never end. Well, I I go well, I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> and I was like convulsing because it was that funny. Picture what I just said, but Fred Willard saying it, and he's doing it for you in that in that Fred Willard. Oh, so, and by the way, if I told this story already on the show, I'll end with this because even if I did, I'll, I'll give him, you know. He was a really, uh, just a really nice guy, and every and I love when you have these, and then everybody has these stories. You go, oh, that's right, because he was that nice to you. He was that nice to everybody. He was a real sweetheart, and um, so he did that, and and that was it. And then a few years later, oh, I don't mind if I told this story before, but just forgive me if I, I don't, I really don't think that I told it like in the last year. And I hope three years or four years, but it's hard to believe I've never told this because um, 
I don't know. It seems like something we would have talked about. So anyway, a few years after that, I'm doing a show, and uh, my friend Mike Komen and I and Steve Steve uh, Rosenthal, we, we had an idea for a show where I'm in a coma. That everybody knows about. Flashback. Todd's Todd's coma. And, uh, yeah, where people flash back to stories about me. And, we, and then we next thing you know, my manager was very helpful in this. Uh, we, we ended up, like, doing it at the HBO workspace. Like, we, get it, we, got, we ended up having the idea, and then we're like, well, why don't we, we, we couldn't just sell it by pitching it. So we go, we'll just shoot something. So the, H, the uh, no, the Comedy Central workspace let us do, like, like a little show. But, but the, the director was a friend of my manager's, and he did. He, like, he put it all together because there had to be, it had to, you know, have a, be like a like a like a like a show. Like <laughs> I'm I'm a little high, so excuse me. But anyway, so he built a set. Like it looked really good. We had a real hospital bed in, and we like he made the set look really cool. Got pictures from my house, and like this guy, not only was he good at like you know, and he didn't overdirect it. It was just like you know, a lot of it was flashbacks, and that stuff I pre-shot. Obviously, I'm laying in the bed. Anybody time that tells a story to me, the house lights go out, and boom, and it worked beautifully. The, the and. Uh, but then there were people that were in the live show. And that was like my mom, my dad, Jimmy Pardo was my best friend, uh, Ben Stiller, but he, they, uh, his was on, uh, again, like, oh, I remember the time me and Todd. Not everybody that came by that was in the, well, I guess everybody did have a, not everybody had a dream that went back to, uh, to me before. Sometimes it was just the relationship they had with me while they were in a coma. Like, you don't see flashbacks of me and my mom or me and my dad or me and... Uh, yeah, or anybody else. So it's just a few of them. I do have flashbacks. But so, uh, but S Sarah came by, and and then she had a flash. She did have a flashback, and then. Uh, but Ben Stiller's was like, "Oh, look, we got a letter from Ben Stiller." And then, oh, me and Todd used to be roommates, and then it went to the to the flashback on the. So, um, and Herb Albert was in it, and Fred Willard, and Ray Romano, and Ariana Huffington, and we just we we asked people, and they kept saying, "Yeah, we're like, what what are we gonna do?" I didn't think they'd say yeah, but I but we all. Uh, really wanted uh, Fred Willard. Uh, we thought it was just like we were just getting yeses from a lot of people, and we were like, like Herb Albert. We couldn't believe Herb Albert was the weirdest one. We could the the biggest excitement because I don't I didn't even I knew of Herb Albert, but I learned a lot more. But then you learn a lot. You're like, hey, that Herb Albert. And we're like, yeah. And then and Steve Rosenthal really loved the guy. Had just put out a a new uh, a new uh, record, and this was like in I had ninety something, and. Uh, he said yes. And, uh, you know, all his manager wanted to make sure of, and he was very specific to, to my manager at the time that we weren't doing anything to, like, there was a way that he asked that made it, like, you wouldn't do it if you thought that any level of making fun of him or is this a joke, is the butt of a joke? And we're like, oh, my God, no, 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 no. And he played himself. And, and, and again, it's on. There's two versions of Todd's Coma. One is when we finally redid it through Adam Sandler's company, and it was shot like, you know, a real pilot. That's out there. That's, all, that's out there in three parts. But there's an original one, and that's the one I'm putting up. That's the one we shot at the HBO workspace, S at the Comedy Central workspace. So we did. We, and we just had, like, three cameras, like, shitty little cameras. We had three, and we just shot it. And there's a version of that online. And uh, so I didn't know Fred Willard that well. And uh, even though we had met him, me and Doug Benson, but that was a few years before, six, five years before, and... But my friend, uh, Chad, he played uh, basketball with him. So the idea, the good thing about it is it was easy to explain. Like, yeah, this is, you know, he's a comedian, blah, blah, blah. And it says, you know, Chad said he ended up verbally telling him. 
before he even gave him this thing that we had written, you know. But, it, yeah, it tells easy quick. Like, yeah, it's this comedian, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't know who I am. And he goes, you know, of course, he didn't say he didn't, but I know he didn't. So, But Chad didn't act like he had to. He goes, hey, there's a friend of mine. He's a comedian. I don't know what he said about me. Maybe he said something nice. I hope. And he, and he goes, oh, what, what's it? You know, and he goes, oh, it's, he's in a coma. And the only time, well, and, and then it's people come by while he's in a coma. And they tell stories and they go to flashbacks. And he goes, he, he goes oh, I, he goes, and uh, he read it. And inside all it said, you play a doctor and a little note and, it's reset what my friend probably said. He said it to him in person, but it also said it on the letter. Um, we uh, wanted you to play a doctor that knows a little bit about everything, everything on the planet. He knows a little something about it, except medicine. You know, so he was great. So anyway, so he asked him if he would do it. He no, he we didn't ask him anything. He just put it in his hands. He emailed or called. I think he called, and uh, he said he would do it. And uh, we would uh, we rehearsed like three times at my uh, at the house I lived in, and we also rehearsed there like a lot of rehearsals. You know, with the whole with everybody that was in it that was needed to be in the live show would show up at the house. My mom, my dad, Jimmy Pardo, and we would run it. And then Fred Willard didn't have to be at every rehearsal because obviously we didn't need to waste that time in his. But he just came in, I think, twice. Came in twice, and. Uh, and he uh, and he was so fucking good. I mean, it was just scary. Uh, meaning, like, it was so easy for him. I know you know what I mean. Like, it was just like he made it so funny. Like, and I was I would be convulsing with laughter, um, because it was that funny. It wasn't me being oh Todd's nervous meeting Fred Willie's going to over laugh. No, no, he's fucking. It's like being around Andy Kindler, you know, or Eddie Pepitone. I get the Rory Scovel. I get the you. I get all giddy inside because they just know how to make me fucking laugh so hard. And um, so anyway, and there he is at the house, you know, and, and he's rehearsing and he leans against the back door. Now picture it's Fred Willard saying it. He leans against the back door and uh, I go, uh, by the way, I realize if I told this story already like a week ago, people are going to start thinking, oh, no, there's definitely he has a problem. And, I, and I'm, I'm telling you I'm fine. <laughs> so uh, he leans against the back door and it, it rattles like a lot. It's a big sliding door. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry, Fred Willard. Picture Fred Willard saying it. And I go, oh, no, yeah, of course, that's okay. He goes, uh, no, no, no. Let me get my carpenter in here, my architect. Let me get my architect in here. I'm going to knock this house down and rebuild it two feet further back the way it should have been built. But in that calm voice, not, not as even as loud as I got. Just Fred Willard. Line read that with Fred Willard. No, no, no. I'll get my architect in here. Picture his face. And then I'll, he points to the backyard, two feet back where this house should have been built from the beginning. <laughs> and he was nice. And uh, so, and then he showed up and he did it. And, you know, I was laying in bed. I was very nervous that I would move. I, I wanted to commit. I didn't want to make the joke that I'm moving. I wanted to pretty much not move. So someone gave me good advice. They said, don't think about not moving, move something under the blanket. You know, there's a blanket, you know, move something over the blanket. And they had like a big puffy blanket over me so you couldn't see any movement, so I was paranoid. I didn't care if anyone saw me move. I mean, but I just wanted to try my hardest. No, fact is, I blinked, um, I'm sure. Uh, but, uh, so, uh, <laughs> so I, they say concentrate on moving something. Like move your fingers underneath the blanket. That way you're not trying to not move. You're just concentrating on moving something no one can see. Wiggle your toes, you know. But I felt comfortable with my fingers because I knew no one saw that. Plus, I had a hit a pot and a half of Vicodin. 
Those were the days. <laughs> I laugh. <laughs> so, uh, and he came in, and one thing he never did in the rehearsals was he would say something like, blah, 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 blah. The person in 4B is having cardiac palpitations. And Fred would go, are those serious? And then he'd take a cookie out of his pocket and eat it. Like a little teeny cookie. Like, it just made it so funny. He knew it would. It would just write off how bad he was that he's eating a cookie. And he did that like three times. He goes, give me some of that stuff that always makes me sleepy. The nurse goes, you mean morphine? Like, outing him. He's like, like be quiet and eats a cookie. <laughs> So, and then after that, I didn't, you know, I would, I saw him at, I had a friend that would go to these holiday parties at his house and just wouldn't, it would, they, he said they were fucking amazing, like so much fun and someone at the piano and just, he was taught it was like, it was, it was fucking nuts, you know, and him and his wife, Mary would have these parties. Watch the tribute that Jimmy Kimmel did. It tells you all about him and his wife and lets you see that, man, Jimmy Kimmel really, that show utilized the shit out of him. Jimmy was saying in the tribute that when uh, they used Fred already a lot, but in the tribute, uh, Jimmy was saying that, you know, after his wife had died, they realized that Fred was, you know, maybe in a funk. Uh, and uh, they just, so they decided they love him already. What a great excuse to use Fred Willard, you know? So they would write, write, uh, you know, sometimes they had a, Jimmy was saying that sometimes they would have a show where he was already in one sketch and they need him in another sketch. You're like, oh, so make a quick costume change. So, you know, it's easy to say that, but when you have the video to back it up, like how much did they really use Fred Willard? You, then they show a montage and it was so, it was just one after another, 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 after another utilizing him. Whatever he did, whether it was Washington, you know, President uh, Eisenhower, whether he was the head of the truckers union, whether he was, you know, a Trump, uh, tr at a Trump rally as a, as a selling cupcakes, whatever they did, he fucking nailed it. Right up to the very end, I hope he's, I, I just know this, it made me have extra special place for Jimmy because, uh, look, there's no doubt about it, when you feel utilized, I know the way I feel, and when, you know, it's like Don Rickles said, like, when Johnny left, he didn't know Dave, and he thought probably, oh, I have this new group, and then they come in, and although, you know, it's funny with Fred, Fred just never got old, Fred just was Fred. He looked like, oh, he's Fred. That's Fred. He looked the same way. Right up to the very end. I know he, he aged, but, you know, but pretty much Fred just Fred. And uh, he, uh, um, hold on, let me get a drink. But I'm sure you start thinking like, hey, what, what new show is going to, you know, think I'm fun. And it's not like they're doing it as a, a, they're not doing it as charity work. They, you're fucking funny. Don Rickles was the best you know, guest on that panel. And then no matter what, you know, when Conan took over, Conan had him. When, when, when Ferguson went on, they everybody had him. Not to a favor for Don Rickles. They did it because he, he does well. He, he, did, he did a good job. And then at the end, you just hope he's in the hands of people like uh, that love him and will, you know, make him look at his best. When maybe at the end, the last year, sometimes it, you see it's difficult for them. Uh, and even that is amazing to think, oh, it was only the last two years, really. And even that was amazing. But, yeah, that's amazing to think, like, Don Rickles up to 80, boom, was like, what? Is he, even when he couldn't walk anymore, he was still, it was miraculous. And it's just the added with Fred. I feel like he did a bit and then laid down and went to a different place. Like, the last thing he did, all right, I'll do that. Because he's, I mean, he was... 
it was amazing. Like, you know, he was always so funny and he and, and like there and sharp. And then I love that Jimmy, at a time when he maybe needed it the most, was utilizing him to that max. You have a bunch of writers that love Fred anyway. Now they got a reason to to make someone, you know, to, to just get keep someone busy, keep them funny, writing them funny stuff. Fred's fucking nailing it. Making Fred feel at his best. You know? So, th so I don't want to say thank you because I know they oh, they did it because Fred's funny. He helps us. Like it wasn't, but maybe they extra used him. You know, maybe that's what it is. Well, anyway, Jimmy Kimmel killed Fred Willard. That's what I'm trying to say because, <laughs> all right, we're done. We are done. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're going to say goodbye. Thank you. Did we talk about everything? I wanted to talk about death. I guess we'll talk about it next. We'll talk about it next week. It's scary. I know. But don't worry. I talk about it in a very... I got some good answers from people. But you start thinking because of what's going on, of course. You have more time to think. That's what happens. I get it. <laughs> right? I do. <laughs> sure. All right. Well, everybody, what are you going to do, right? Let's leave. Uh, how, how can we close it up? Hold on. Well, everybody, thank you for uh, joining me on my podcast tonight. Remember, Mr. Rogers says, look for the helpers. And uh, it was always fun to spend some time with you, and I hope wherever you are you're being safe and we'll we'll meet right back here at helium next year thank you guys for coming in offbeat ah uh, well we'll meet again some sunny day i give you my keep it through i'll be back again someday until then I'll keep the blue skies straight I'll That's the end of the show, folks. It's not the way I thought I'd end, but sometimes you don't know how to end. And I got to be honest, the quicker I get more comfortable with not knowing how to end, the more fun I'm going to start enjoying this podcast. So I'm just going to talk to you as I take the final picture. I'm going to tell them to go a little bit past this. So there we go. Take a picture. I took the picture. Give me about 10 seconds to get out of here. There we go. Good night. It's you I like. It's not the things you wear. 
Not the way you do your hair But it's you I like The way you are right now The way down deep inside you Not the things that hide you Not your toys They're just beside you But it's you I like Every part of you Your skin, your eyes, your feelings Whether old or new And I hope that you'll remember Even when you're feeling blue That it's you I like It's you yourself It's you It's you It's you I like Network.